This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. My guests this week are designers Nicole Fuller and Nick Olson and color expert Martin Kesselman. And we'll be talking about color trends, which ones have meaning and which are mere marketing hype. Today we're talking about the colors of the year because of course there's not just one. It seems every paint company has its own color, which we'll get into. And Pantone always declares a color of the year, which they say influences everything from fashion to toys, to kitchens, to interior design. So we're going to talk about that. I have three very distinguished guests today. We have Nicole Fuller, who's a very glamorous and beautiful interior designer who has offices in New York and L.A., and she's known for doing incredibly high-end luxury interiors that embody the same kind of glamour that she does, not surprisingly. She uses color in a very fresh ways. She uses lots of neutrals and then contrasts them with pinks, but then also with bold colors like teaks and orange and lots of pattern. And she is also has a line of tiles she's created for Ann Sachs. She's done wallpaper for Fromental and designs for the rug company. So welcome, Nicole. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. So happy to be here. Oh, thank <laughs> thank you. you for the wonderful intro. <laughs> I'm bringing you everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> we also have Nick Olson, who, after getting an architecture degree at Columbia, became entranced with interior design and particularly with Miles Red, who became something of his protege. So after working with Miles, he went out on his own in 2010. And as you might expect of a protege of Miles Red, he loves color. He used like lots of bright reds and blues, tropical greens. He loves bold patterns, stripes on the walls, pattern painted pattern floors. But whereas Miles, I think at least this is how I take it. The way Miles sort of goes for sort of glamour and aristocratic elegance. Nick is incredibly charming and has great humor to his rooms. He uh, appeared on one of his earliest projects. His own studio apartment was on the cover of Domino magazine. And on 2013, he had a project on the cover of World of Interiors. So welcome, Nick. Thank you so much. I don't know if I could live up to that, but I'll yes, try. Yes, you can. <laughs> and, and I need to add that I have one of his chairs in my country house, which I love. Aww. Which leads me to Martin Kesselman, because Martin also had a great deal to do with my country house because he helped me pick all the paint colors. Martin is not only an entrepreneur in the fact that he has his own um, paint shop called In Color, or I suppose now we have to call it In, In Color, color right? In Color, <laughs> now that because he does represent Pharaoh and Ball, um, but he represents Benjamin Moore, Fine Paints of Europe, and Donald Kaufman colors, but. Beyond that, Martin is himself an interior designer, and he's a color consultant, and he has worked with many of these paint companies, most recently with Farrow and Ball, for whom he created the new Perfect Modern White. And he's had the great honor that that color, which was originally called Aaliyah White after his daughter, has now had its name changed to Martin Kesselman White by Farrow and Ball. Oh, <laughs> of, cor- of course, considering that some of the other Farrow and Ball names are downspout and elephant's breath, maybe it's a, it might be a bit of a mixed blessing, but it's a real honor nonetheless. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. So I wanted to talk about not so much color, which is hard to discuss on the radio with only words, but 
really color trends and how they come about. Because I, it was fascinating. This, this idea came to me because Pantone has just released its 2020 color of the year, which is a classic blue, not as dark as navy, but a classic blue. Benjamin Moore's color of the year is called First Light, which is a very pale rosy pink with some gray. Bear Paint has their Back to Nature color is the name of the color. It's a sagey color. And Sharon Williams' color this year is naval, which is kind of a grayed navy. So, you know, all of these different colors, color of the year, what does it mean? Is it just a marketing ploy by paint companies? Is it something that we need to take seriously? What do you think? Let's start with with you, Nick, because you have a very particular take on color. I do have a particular take on color, and I don't the, my kind of party line is that that I like all colors and that there's no there are no really ugly colors because it, it's all in the execution and how they're used and how they're used together. Um, I was on a panel a year and a half ago um, in Charleston with a former kind of bigwig at Benjamin Moore, and I jokingly suggested as a moderator that m- maybe there should be a color combo of the year, and she clapped back and said that would never work. <laughs> but they do release a palette. They do. They do come with a palette. Right. I feel—I think it's an important marketing ploy because it gets people kind of aware and excited and talking about different colors and maybe— thinking about what they've seen in the past year or what they expect to see in a way that, you know. But to me, they always come out of left field. Like, I didn't see the kind of Merlot red that, that Benjamin Moore did a couple of years ago. Like, to me, that's not my favorite color, like, at all. I really respond to the pure blue that Pantone is doing this year because I happen to love that color and using it. But it's kind of, um, in my work, it's if a client says that I love Merlot red or wine red, it's like, well, how do I make that chic and interesting to me and to them by using it in an unexpected way? And that becomes the challenge. May, do, you know, a year later, year and a half, do I start to see Marcella wine red or pure blue more in kind of the design world? Sometimes. But sometimes not. And sometimes it's just the sound of one hand clapping. So it's like. <laughs> right. Nicole, how do you feel about all of this color of the year kind of publicity and marketing? I, you know what, I, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's, color is a lot of fun, but generally people tend to be a bit afraid of it. So I think the marketing behind it is, is definitely marketing on some level, but I also think it's a way for people to feel secure and excited about sort of delving into a new realm that they might not have in the past. I think it shows colors like, you know, you're saying the gray and the navy. I mean, that's such a soft, sophisticated color, but it might not be something that, you know, one is thinking about on the top of their head. And then it kind of, it it excites them. It introduces something into their mind, which then could be a jumping off point to something else. Or, you know, they'll say, oh gosh, I have this great painting that has that color in it. I, I didn't even know I could pull that color out of my painting and design a room around it, you know? So I love color. I'm, you know, somewhat known for it, I guess, but I, 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 I find it, exciting and fresh. And I think if we didn't have, you know, it's like anything, you know, it's like cheetahs back, you know, right. like you can wear cheetah boots. I'm like, listen, I've been wearing cheetah boots for years. <laughs> right. <laughs> cheetahs never been out. Color's never been out. You right. know, pale pinks in the right situation, or like you're saying, like the, the, the Merlot in the right situation. I mean, and it depends what you mix it with. It, it all works. It all, it all goes together in, 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 you know, depending on how you execute it. But I do think it's exciting. And I do think, it's something for people to talk about. And I, I don't necessarily go by it myself because I, you know, I like to always push the boundaries and 
sort of, I call them non-color colors, come up with colors that are, you know, maybe not, you know, your usual. Like right now I'm really into military green and I'm using military green in certain places with burnt oranges. And, you know, so it's the opposite of what they're talking about, but it all works, you know, and it all can work. And it just depends on how, how you're designing and what you're designing with. I mean, a lot of times we take a pink color, you know, so Benjamin's Moore's color is, you know, the pale pink, you know, maybe I take that color and I color match it to my mill worker and I do high gloss pink panels in the powder room, you know, with a mirror. It doesn't always have to be paint on a wall, you know, it could be color infused in another object. So I think it's exciting. And I think, you know, it's interesting for all of us to question it and be having this conversation and talk about it because I think that inspires creativity. And we all inspire each other. And I think it's a great moment. Right. And, you know, you raised an interesting point, which I want to ask Martin about. Because Martin is, he has a dual view. He's not only working with the color companies, the paint companies, but he's also selling to the consumer directly. And and I think, you know, you guys are experts with color. I think people are terrified of color. That's been the evolution of my job, Michael, over the years. It's like I'm from color expert transition now to color therapist and color coach, life coach, um, because there's so much anxiety. <laughs> no, the truth, it's, it's so much anxiety in these choices. They look to us as, you know, expert influencers, someone who knows uh, really strong in this particular field, and th- they trust our opinions and our judgment. Um, so and now we're talking about someone in their home, an intimate place, and something they're spending a lot of time, a lot of money on, a lot of these projects, and they want to get it right. So did they look they look to us for that. So There's a fear of making a mistake, right. especially when it comes to color. Like, and oh, I've I made think, those mistakes. Well, I mean, even the professionals have, so you're not alone. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Good. but certainly at the end of the day, like I, like I like to say, it's just paint. So I have, I have clients that are... You know, very art-inspired, and they they change things very often. You know, they redecorate. Like some people are into cars, some people are into clothing, some people are into traveling. I have a set of clients that are really into decorating, and then that's what they do. And they change as these color trends come up and things like that. And they pay attention to that. And um, to your point earlier, it's it's it is exciting for someone like myself who specializes, a designer that specializes in color. Because what it does, it, it brings attention to the category, which often gets left to the end. You know, in some of these design builds and things, the color bit is left to the last second, and the contractor is running to the store, and they're trying to figure it out and piece it all together. But I think people are realizing how important it is, and really the, it's one of the bigger design elements in the space, something that you're really going to live with. So let's integrate that in the beginning of the design and see it through and make it part of the story. So. Right. But it's interesting to me. I did a little research, you know, obviously to discuss, talk about this with you experts. And I looked at all the colors that Pantone had picked in the last decade. And, you know, you, you'd think there's all these range of colors, but most of them, the vast majority of them were either a blue, a shade of blue, or a shade of red. You know, it was so interesting. There was a couple of years. One year they did, in 2009, they had a yellow called Mimosa. In 2013, they had an emerald. And it's like, Yes, we think there's a lot of excitement about color and whatever, but the range is not that great when you look at it, which I think is very smart. Because, you know, we can make fun of this kind of color of the year thing, and believe me, I do. But yet there are colors that speak to certain eras. I mean, when I grew up, I'm older than all of you guys, (laughs) but, you know, everything in the kitchen in the house was either, you know, harvest gold or avocado. In the 80s, there was that kind (laughs) of pukey pink kind of color, coral 
Um, mm-hmm. Which was know. the color of the la- year last year, actually, exactly. the living coral. Exactly, yeah. which they brought back, which we know. You know, and then everybody did talk about millennial pink. So there are there is are colors that come to the fore and are indicative of certain eras. But I don't know if you guys have any projections here about what you think. Which, is it going to be this classic blue? Is it the navy? Is it the sage? What colors do you think are going to be useful and things that you're going to be looking at and that you expect your clients to be turning to? Mm-hmm. Nick, why don't you go first? I think that the um, as a child of the 80s myself, it's like every brand was kind of primary color, like the colors of postmodernism, like bringing back the Dish Deal movement, but that L'Oreal Matrix logo, can you picture it with the three? You know, there's a store in Soho right now that I I Instagram story, and I'm like, the L'Oreal Matrix logo is back. (laughs) Like pure blue, pure primary red, primary yellow. And it actually, it looks fresh to me now. I have it in my own home. Like I really do like pure primary colors. And I think that new Pantone color, the pure blue or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called. Classic blue. Yeah, classic blue is part of that. Will all my clients want primary color everything in their home? Uh, no, absolutely not. But is there a way to introduce it on a throw pillow, on a chair, on a sofa to kind of bring the room into focus and then everything everything else is not as strong or not as primary? Absolutely. I like I see millennial pink has been how many years ago now? Like five yeah, or four or five. Four years or five. Ago. But it's still pink is lingering on. Oh my I god, know. and pink and green. If I it's like Miami in 1984 <laughs> is back like those matcha stores. Um oh and I want to coin this because I've been wanting to put on an Instagram too, but I want to coin this here so it's recorded. My term for all those like pink and green with the ferns and the indoor plants, the fake. Um I'm calling that Pinterest Regency. <laughs> <laughs> Because that, with the, like, the postmodern arches, yeah. the pale pink, the jade green, like, it is a look. Even my barbershop in the Lower East Side is, like, Pinterest Regency. And I'm kind of <laughs> into it because it looks fresh to me. But if I see it for a year and a half longer, yes. then I'm done. It's like mid-century modern. I, I mean, know. you know, it's hard to look at. When it beats it to death. It's right. just, like, as a look, look, look. Right. Capital L. But their color is a very part of that because right. you didn't see that jade, that hunter green for a long time, mm-hmm. and that is back. Right, right. Nicole, what colors are interesting you at the moment? I'm really, like I was saying, you know, I'm actually— Military uh, green, you mentioned. A, yeah, I love the military green. I'm actually designing a paint collection with Star on Ball at the moment. Yes, you had told client. me that. I forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, tell us about yeah. your new palette. Farron Ball is heavily represented here with its couleurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couleur, couleur. Yeah, that was amazing. So I'm designing the collection with my client, Stephen Klein. Um, he's a fashion oh, photographer. Right. Yeah. A very prominent one. Very prominent, but he's, he's a brilliant colorist. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at his photographs, he's, his, a lot of his imagery is very saturated, and it's color on color. It's, it's royal blues with purples and reds and flesh tones and cyans and you know, sort of like the color of fire, essentially. So we're doing a palette together that are colors that people, I feel, and we feel that you see a lot, but you don't really talk about or know how to put into words. So the whole collaboration is we've gone into all of his archives and we've studied all of his photos and went through what is the thread of color from the beginning till now. And the paint collection will exist from that. So we've gone into let's say a print, and there might be 68 different shades of blue that come out in this photograph. But we've gone in with a microscope and pinpointed, uh, we want that exact cyan blue 
We want that exact military green. We want the color of the flesh and this, you know, so it's like a nude, you know, people like to call it nude pale pink, but it's, we're introducing a new color. That's almost a combination of like a terracotta and a flesh. So, you know, I, I guess like, you know, to have fun and say like, you know, I love, I love saying that I'm going to coin it here. I always coin it as like a non-color color. color. <laughs> right. If you think about the color of like the most beautiful flesh tone, it's a combination of warmth and cool and terracotta, you know, and it depends who you're talking about. So it's, it's, it's got this like really rich sort of like warm undertone, but it's not anything you can particularly put your finger on. So our collection to just give you some highlights is, is some of those colors I just talked about. And, and also my, one of my favorite, favorite colors that I always go to in interiors and in art and fashion is a proper true oxblood. I think it's forever timeless. It's forever chic. It's forever classic. And I think there's a lot of different ways that you can infuse it into an interior and, and it works so brilliantly and so beautifully. So oxblood is like a proper oxblood is, is one of our main colors as well. And if you, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because when you look at his photographs and what I do, we're, we're, you know, we're very parallel in our creativity in that way. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's been really exciting to see all the tones and shades that I tend to go after are in his photos. So we're going in with a microscope and pulling out these, these colors that don't exist. And it's, it's really exciting. So for me, I feel like that's, the way of the, the 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 future this year this new decade this 2020 you know i think what makes Farron ball and fine paints of europe so brilliant is because their colors aren't it's not an exact primary color of a blue or a red or an orange or a pink you know it's 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 just slightly off and and i think that's you know the the rich history behind it and the layers that go into it is what makes it feel like velvet on the walls so I think when it's done right, you know, these, these colors will really be exciting for, for the new year. It's interesting you mentioned terracotta because that is a color that I've started to see a lot more in the last few months. So, you know, like I said, it's like they're, they're these tr- you can proclaim a trend and whether that happens or not. But it does think things bubble up, like terracotta, like you were saying. And that's so interesting about Stephen Klein. I didn't know that. You know, I always think of his work as being sort of dangerously glamorous. And I think about you the same way, Nicole. <laughs> so that's interesting. <laughs> a good match. Well, a good you. match. <laughs> um, now, Martin, I want to ask you, like, because your shop, which I have to say you are incredibly reassuring to a customer such as me, as you were with me, coming into your store, what do you see people gravitating towards at the moment? What co- what color ranges, besides the neutrals, which are, of course, the backbone of... Right, and like you said, sometimes it could be just a throw pillar mm-hmm. or an accent. Right. Not, it's right. not necessarily right. always... Right, you have to do the whole wall. Is, and, or it's not necessarily the wall. So, right. But if it is the walls, I like to do the right. whole space, right. and I like right. to envelope the space yes. and do uh, the I trim and everything. You. But for me, uh, it's, it's not these trends. Well, it could be a trend if the clients are paying attention to these things and following them, and they do on Instagram and social media, Well, they, do they ever come in and ask you or say, I read about this color. They I like read about, about they show me, okay. they show me images mm-hmm. and things like so that. So that marketing money sort of pays off. It, do, it does pay off, but you're inspiring people, right? So that's, that's the, that's the whole idea. And like I said before, like in earlier, it's just bringing attention to the category, which I think is important for me, like Nicole mentioned, the art is inspiration for me. The client themselves is inspiration for me, the architecture. So when I get to work with the, you know, 
three good, you know, bones like that, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. So I let the client dictate things more than the trends. Because if you like, you know, as, as Nick said, if people are into Merlot. Got to work with them, we, right? We got we got we got to work with it. So, and that's okay because what I try to do is ultimately is, is to make people happy in, in a space that they want to be in and spend time in and celebrate. So if it's got to be red, we're going to make the, you know, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. We're going to do something fun with it. And it's fascinating to see that no one sees color the same exact way. Right. In a meeting with client, a person will like sift through the inspiration books or show me something on Pinterest and say like, well, I really like that strong yellow. And to me, it's the most faded like English country. You know? <laughs> right. Like just like, oh, that's a strong yellow to you. Okay. Well, noted. Right. That's where we're, that's where we're starting right. from. So. Right. Right. Well, the other thing you can never predict is the light and the space, you know? I mean, and that makes a huge difference, as I can personally attest, having Mm -hmm. had certain rooms repainted. Huge, yeah. You know, and I mean, I think it's so great now that the paint companies have those sample pots that you can do more than just, you know, a brush stroke or two. Well, that being said, so when I do a sizable project for a client, I paint an entire small wall. Because like you say, every, every, everyone perceives color differently. And just the bigger the the scale in right. context day to night all of that yeah. artificial so, light natural mm-hmm. light you know when you when you try a color and you put a little bit in the middle of a primed or a white wall 99 out of 100 the reaction is it's too dark even if it, even if it's like a, a subtle cream it's it's too dark cuz of the contrast exactly. i just had a friend who right. painted a, a room and for a client like barely beige and right. she like freaked out it was too strong a color it's like oh yeah it's like it's the shot of a new right yeah. but yeah and it's how the space how you perceive the space how it was what it is what it's going to be but even like uh, whether even it's a dark color if it is this navy when you start painting it out you know there's there's less contrast point you know maybe you'll do the the skirting in a in a, in a complementary uh, color or a white or something, but you know now it's flipped, so it just starts disappearing when you start painting more of it. So uh, yeah, so the best the the bigger the better that you get. That's how you get the idea of things. But it's more about for for me, it's really more about creating a mood. These darker colors, these navies and things, you're creating a more romantic or classic look opposed to open and airy. But the, the, the architecture, the space, the lighting, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, sure, you could add lighting, uh, auxiliary lighting and things, but it's about creating those moments. And- right. I think, and I do think Farron Ball has been hugely influential with that, um, that kind of uh, the darker grayed out colors. And because that was not popular in the United States until about maybe started about 15 years ago. World of Interiors, I think, has been right. really influential with mm-hmm. promoting that kind of look. But how, do, you, do you think that look is going to continue, or do you think it's going to shift a little? Primarily, my work here is in New York, and, right. I, and I have right. work all over, but it's the layout that's different that dictates dictated it, too. Mm-hmm. It's the open floor plan that we have to ch- – that's the challenge. So, you know, sometimes it's behind closed doors or unexpected moments. Right. Um, that you can add color. So it's it's often a challenge. You know, it's a lot of windows and little wall space. Uh, it so. is hard with contemporary architecture. I've worked in these projects that truly have no molding whatsoever. And right. so it's like, well, where does the color begin and end? Right. It has to be the same color, same wallpaper throughout <clears throat> the staircase, through the kitchen, through the living, because it's all one space. Right, right. You know, and it would have taken months or years to kind of go back and isolate those spaces. But it's like, we're going to use this really right. pinky warm mm-hmm. off-white for this, and then we're, the color will be in the upholstery or in the artwork right. or in the There's no natural, there's, there's right. little to no natural right. breaks. Yeah, especially in those modern right. towers right. with the open kitchens and all of that. You're right, it's one big room. So how do you demarcate it? I mean, 
some I know some designers will paint one wall a different color, but you don't like that, Martin. That's not <laughs> something you approve of. But it is a hard thing to do to demarcate rooms because rooms are out of fashion now. Right. You know, and that I and think, that's when you're doing. That's why we're doing things. We're doing things on the ceiling right. now. We're painting floors, right. which is right. always popular right. overseas, right. in Europe, and things. But now we're doing more painted floors, staircases. You've always done painted floors. I love a painted, painted floor. floor. Right. I love a painted floor. Yeah. I think you're right. I think what also helps is you know painting the full wall for the client or. You know, I'm always asked if Pinterest or Instagram is a, is, is a help or a hindrance of clients. And I actually think it's a great help because they come to you a lot of times with their own thoughts and ideas and mood boards. And I think what Sarah Ball um, and, and now Benjamin Moore and a lot of the paint companies are doing so well is they're really stepping up their game with their in-situ shots of how the paint looks and lives and breathes in an interior space and not just you know, a, a rinky-dink interior space, you know, something that's really grand and really beautiful. I mean, if you, you know, as you know, Farron Ball site, you go on and, you know, Hague Blue, you know, if you're not sure how it's going to look, they have the most beautiful imagery of the blue in situ. And I think it's, it's really, you know, it's great to either paint a full wall or to show a client how it looks in situ, because you're right, when they're looking at a little swatch and they're excited about a color and then it goes up, you know, feelings could shift. And it does really depend on light and architecture and, and, and what you're doing there. And it was a good point made. Yeah, it's a simple thing to do. I tell clients, I say, just Google a particular color. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see hundreds of images of that particular color. Yeah, they'll look a little different. Um, mm-hmm. I do that all the time. But I mean, it's laziness. And it's, 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 laziness. it's using high technology right. is what but, it but is. But you know what? But it it's gives you an idea. The They're like, oh, that's what it's going to look like in space. Right. And, you know, it looks right. – it might look greener in this photo. It might look bluer. It look might look beige or something like that. But you see the like range. You, you can see the range, but you get the idea of what it's going to look like in a finished space, which is important because right. that's yeah. – that's what they're really uncertain of. Right, and they need reassurance. Right. Clients need reassurance. Do you, do you find that as as well, Nicole, that you're – are your clients more daring? I mean, they've come to you, so they know they're not going to get, you know, the English country look, shall we say. Do, but do you find they're welcoming of color? I do. I think, you know, sometimes you have to push a little, but, you know, you want to push I, – I think you also, I, I'm very inspired by my clients as well. And, and there are certain things that happen in getting to know someone that, you know, you, you may notice they, you know, are always wearing a particular color, or always going to a particular color, not necessarily in a, an interior. And I think once you get to know your client a little bit, you, you, you're inspired by them. And then you'll know if you can push a little or how much you can, you know, you need to pull back. But, you know, I, I definitely think they come to me a lot of the times because, they love the color and the work we do and 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 they're either 100% on board or totally terrified but trust me and I will say you know knock on wood but it it always turns out in the end I mean it's it's really exciting I know how to balance color you know I always try to balance it so it's not overpowering it's just exciting and fresh and and calming at the same time but I also think you know white is such an important color and I think we overlook white all well, the time. Well, I was time. just going and to bring that I up, can... Nicole. So thank you. Because <laughs> oh. white is a color, there's probably more shades than any other color there is. And, you know, Martin just developed a new one. We didn't have enough whites. Thank you, Martin. So You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what I think is so important in white, um, and Nick, to your point, like if you have a very, you know, we're doing a couple projects in Malibu and one in Mexico and on a beach, you know, and so, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting dark colors in a beach house, you know. And, but I am using 17 different shades of white, you know, I'm using different shades, studying how the, the light hits certain walls at certain times of day and different shades on ceilings and different shades in closets and different shades. So, 
white is such an exciting color as well. And I think people tend to think, oh, just slap some white paint on it. No, no, no. Like, you know, if you've, if you've chosen a navy blue, the, the, the white that you may pop on the ceiling has to be the exact right tone of white to go with the navy blue. So I think white is so dynamic in and of itself. And one thing I love doing, which you'll see more as, you know, we get projects finished and photographed, is in a lot of these beach homes doing, you know, multiple shades of white. I mean, I, I don't think I ever use less than five shades of white on any given project, you know, no matter what it is. So I think layering different shades of white create shadows and depth and, and, and create this really wonderful dynamic interior, but it's very calming and there's no specific blue or red or pink or yellow or terracotta, but it's white on white, but it's the shades and the tones that make it feel very rich and very luxe. And I think white is such an important part of our color palette. Absolutely. And I would actually like to ask Martin, what prompted him to come up with this new white? Because you had mentioned to me there were some issues you were addressing, and I'd love you to discuss yeah, so, that a bit much. Like I, like I said earlier, I'm known as, you know, a color expert, color guy. And I do a lot of that kind of work, you know, enveloping the space and bright bolds and and things. But, and those thing, moments are very Instagrammable and publishable and things like that. They're, they look great, photographed. But the bulk of the business, like the majority of, of all of our work is probably in the neutrals, especially in the paint world. That's probably, you know, could be up to 90% of the business. So for me with the white, although I got a lot of like, you know, the color guy coming out with his own white, it was very ironic, well, et cetera. I, re- I but, remember years ago, yeah. Benjamin Moore was unveiling their color of the year and all the editors we were there and everything. Right. It's a big party. And you're right, Nicole, it, white is so important. But the, one of the colors they, un- the color they unveiled white, that was, was, yeah, simply, and we were like, white? That's <laughs> right. it? You know, we tend to downplay white. And I thought this big party just for a shade of white. But you know, I think it. I think that was our short-sightedness that we didn't think about white. Well, these I all, think. yeah, these things have stories beyond right, them. The idea right. with the idea with this particular white, and I, it comes from my my days in, as uh, you know, fine artist, and I used to do a lot of gallery work. I used to do a custom colors for art galleries, for installs and exhibitions and things. And the premise with the white, and I'm a native New Yorker, and I was entrenched in this whole Chelsea Gallery thing. But um, I was just fascinated with the development of all these big new projects, these big buildings getting popping up all over the place, um, all these glass towers Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, these awe-inspiring spaces in what used to be a humble New York City skyline uh, for the most part. I mean, you had your midtowns and your downtowns, but for the most part, but all these these, uh, big residential projects uh, getting popping up and then all these clients and these people that I, uh, all these art collectors that I came to know, they're buying all this big contemporary art and now buying them and installing them in their glam New York City apartments. I found the whole thing kind of fascinating and bizarre at the same time. But the idea for the white, so the ga- the white box, the gallery was kind of an interesting place for me because when I traveled, I always thought that art should be shown on color when I went to museums, et cetera. But the white box was a thing that lived in our here now in New York. And for me, that particular white didn't translate right to the, you know, didn't translate and didn't resonate me for me in the home. It was too stark, too sterile, too, cold. too institutional. So if we try to recreate and do this thing, it had to have a better balance. So the idea with this particular white, it was to be warm and to be nuanced without, and t- without being cream or red, to still read like architectural, like a true white. 
So it's been it's been really well received. Um, it's been on a lot of prominent projects, and um, everyone mm-hmm. seems to Great. love it. So thank you. And most important, where can we buy it? Goodbye. Through you? Okay, yeah. good. Now, in color. Color. now I'm sold. Now right. I want it. So this, yeah, so this, this was a collaboration <laughs> that Farron Ball and, and I did, and it's been. Oh, it's through. Okay, with Farron Ball. Yeah, so can you get it other Farron Ball outlets? No, just just, just at me, at your store. me currently. But it's, um, it's worth a trip downtown to this. The store is very chic, and he is incredibly helpful. I will attest. Done. I'll be there tonight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're taking a quick break to give you the inside scoop on the Cherish Trade Program. If you're a design professional, consider joining the Cherish Trade Program today. You'll enjoy hotshot perks like $75 cash for every $5,000 you spend on the site, access to a trade-only customer service hotline, and snappy new project management tools to make your life even easier. And let's not forget the trade program's other key benefits, including net pricing up to 30% off and 48-hour hold capabilities. To get in on the fun today, visit cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. And now we're back. And here's a question for all, th- all three of you. Have any of you ever used the color that I painted my first apartment because I thought it was, by definition, going to be chic? Decorator's white? Have you any of you ever used decorator's white? It's a great trim and ceiling color. <laughs> okay. It has a little bit more gray in it. Okay. Um, simply white yeah. that you just referenced is a fabulous white. White Dove, Benjamin Moore White Dove, and Farron Ball All White are two of my go-tos because they're warm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love Decorator White. And okay. it's called Decorator White. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> your decorators really use it, or is that just salesmanship? Of course. Okay, how about you, but, Nicole? You, you know what's even funnier about Decorator's White is I feel like if my clients come to me and have any any ideas about paint colors, they go, oh, you know, Decorator's White, right? Like, that's the color everyone uses. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Let me just take that and put that in your inspiration board. (laughs) 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 And we'll work on that. Give them what they want. Because, like, it's become such a popular, going back to, you know, what you were talking about, uh, Michael and and Martin, about white. Like, decorative white became, like, you know. The, the 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 Meryl Streep of the white family. Yeah, it was a default. Like, it was like it became a default. It, it I was remember. an Oscar winner, very famous, and it still has legs. You know, it's like it really it, does. It's, it's important. So yeah, it's, it's decorative white what comes up a lot. There used to be, like you say, it used to be the, the the decorator's white and the white dove. There was like used to be like four or five colors, and then we got away from that, right? And then we had endless colors. You know, Benjamin Moore has thousands of colors, and you know, fine paints, for example, they do the beyond the the regular colors. They do the Pantone and the NCS and the RAL. So there became endless choices. Now we're getting back a little bit to the curated thing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, which I is interesting. They say if you have too much choice, you become stymied. You know, right. and the mm-hmm. same in the grocery store, and certainly I'm sure in the paint store, people get freaked I out. I don't like endless choices. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a place for custom. I love doing custom paint colors with my decorative painters. We will obsess over them and paint multiple samples, but there's some there's something to be said for go-tos and things that you know will work, right. even with the changes in light, even with the different environments. It's like, I know that as a good, solid shade of white or a good pale blue for a ceiling or... I just have to have, you know, not four, but maybe like 10 to 15 in the arsenal that you know are really right. kind of solid. Right. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Like, you go, you have your go-tos. I mean, like, you know, all white, you know, to pop a ceiling at some Farron Ball or Cornforth white when you want, you know, like a slight hint of gray or skimming stone when you want a little bit of that, like, Hermes grayish underneath the white. There's, there's, there's a lot of go-tos that, you know, just become 
like, you know, part of your arsenal, like you said. I and think then you have those other things important. and you have those other things when you, when you need them, when you need that pop, right. you need something right. different, but mm-hmm. you kind of stick to your style, I suppose. Well, here's the next door neighbor to white, which God knows we saw a lot of. What about gray? I mean, I remember, I guess, I think it really goes back to Axel Vervoort and the Belgian linen and then Resto Hardware, you know, mass marketed that and made made a huge thriving business out of it. And I remember going to Maison Objet or Saloni for a couple, you know, five, five years ago, and everything was either gray or orange or together gray and orange. Right. I mean, and I can't even look at it anymore. What do you guys think about gray? Nick, why don't you start? The primary source material, Axel Vervoort and his castle. It's unbelievable. Nothing better than that. Right. When you've seen it diffused and diluted for so many years, like in decades now, um, I want to see something different. It doesn't mean that those RH stores aren't attractive and they sell the fantasy. And it's like, I get where, I get that it's just merchandised so well and it looks good in that environment, but it's just not going to be my go-to. When I when I first worked for Miles and I saw his townhouse in, um, in W many years ago, his entry hall is actually like a Dior gray with a gray and white painted floor and a black banister and white treads and sisal carpet. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's Benjamin Moore Gullwing Gray. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's like, to me, I was like, for Mr. Color, that's pretty brave. Like, right. that's the first room right. in your house. It's gray. It's a great color. It's I just beautiful. Think we, it's right. stunning. And that it has a little bit of blue right. in it. And it's like, right. I could go on. I was surprised that um, in 2019, Benjamin Moore picked a gray. They called it Metropolitan. This cool gray. I thought, well, hasn't that run its course? But maybe maybe not. Maybe people still well, rely on it. gray, ultimately, Michael, is, is a neutral, right? right. So, it, it, as, as well as black. So, mm-hmm. whether it's the, the white itself, the true white, or the, the off-white and the linen, or like the French grays or something like that. These are all considered to be neutral. So yeah, I mean, I think it's going to always live in our spaces, but maybe not predominantly, hopefully. I agree. And I I think what happened is, you know, what happens with quote unquote trends is, you know, people tend to overdose on them, you know? So it's like one thing becomes popular and then it just so becomes so commercial and so redundant that that's the opposite thing that anyone wants in their home. You know, I mean, you know, it was first gray walls and it was gray washed floors and then it was painting your house on the outside gray. And then it was, you know, so I just feel like everyone's overdosed on it for so long that people are looking to something fresh, but I do agree, you know, a classic gray will always live, you know, in our lives. It's a beautiful neutral. It's a great way to accent something. And, you know, I mean, we just painted our bedroom upstate, Michael, in um, in Purbeck Stone from from F and B, um, and I love it. There's something about it that is so calming, and so just quiet and beautiful, and it's timeless. You know, but it's it's gray, and I think there's there's a there's it'll live on. But I just think it's it's just been you know done to death. So yeah. I think people are. Just I think there's something to say about gray, though. It does show art really well. So I think that's a bit to it. So if you have, you know, it depends on what kind of, if it's a minimal space or minimal art or it's someone that has a big collection and things. I mean, so those those are things that. So maybe what we need to banish is the Belgian linen and not right. the gray. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sofas that can fit 20 people. Right. <laughs> and Nicole, do you find the same thing that, that um, some people want too many colors and some people are, don't want enough? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, and again, I think they, they come to me, you know, because they, they, let's say they have, you know, 14 colors they love and it's, it's the key is balance. You know, I, I'm not afraid to 
to, to dive into color. I mean, I dive into color like I dive into the Mediterranean, you know? I mean, it's like with, with the biggest smile on my face and happy times. It's exciting and, and it's very instinctual and intuitive for me to work with color. And, and if there's a challenge ahead, I love the challenge because it pushes me in a way I might not have thought of. But I think of color and the, the multitude of color as I would think of a floral arrangement. If you look at a really dramatic, gorgeous floral arrangement, there's probably, you know, 30 odd colors there, but they all have this really beautiful, it's like, it's like a symphony. They all are lyrically playing the most beautiful music together. So I think it's about balance. You know, it's, we can use it for me. I feel confident. I can use, you know, many, many colors in a room. And as long as it's balanced, they'll all, you know, jump off each other. You have your, your star, you have your supporting actors, you have, you know, like there just needs to be balanced. You know, you can't have too many stars in the room or they fight each other, you right. know? So I, I, and it was I too monochromatic. That. You fall asleep. <laughs> True. Right. 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 Exactly. And it's too monochromatic. You fall asleep. And, and although I will say, you know, one thing I do love and I think always, always will is monochromatic, you know, so whether you're painting the, 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 the trim and the walls and the ceiling skimming stone, or you're painting them, um, you know, hey, blue or whatever, whatever it is. I love a monochrome moment. I think that a monochrome moment can almost feel like a neutral in a way because it's nothing's fighting each other and nothing's playing off each other. So it's one one sea of color. But, you know, I love both. And, and, and too many colors don't really scare me because, you know, one color could come in on a trim and a pillow. You know, one color could be a, a, a book, you know. I mean, it's, there's a way to bring it all together. And, you know, I... I think, you know, I'm, I'm inspired a lot by, you know, fashion and florals and just life and the sky and the nature and everything around us. And if you look around us, I mean, there are so many colors, you know, I mean, look at all the colors in the sunset, you know, it's like, there, there's like fire and purple and blue and yellow and what, I mean, you've never put all those really together, but, but you could and you do and, and they work. So I just think it's about balance. You know, I, I love, I, I love multiple colors in the space, you know, I think, Clients generally are afraid of it, but you know, I think once once we infuse it into their life, I I, I think they're I, I've never seen happier clients. You know, they love it because they, they they wouldn't know how to do it. You know, they know how to paint their place gray or paint it white. Right. Well, I think that's why they come to designers like you guys because they really want it, yes. but they're afraid. For Believe sure. me, I know it's very scary. You know, <laughs> going out on a limb. Uh, please um, do. I won't saw it off. Well, I. In my work and in my just kind of like where I'm gravitating towards is a periwinkle blue. Oh, because, I love that. Yeah, you know, like kind of straddling the line between sky blue and lavender, meeting somewhere in, in the middle. Um, my design on a dime booth this past year was, I mean, it just kind of all came together. Liz O'Brien donated the cutest little sofa, which set the tone. I randomly found these like ready-made periwinkle lampshades at some cheapo store. Um, count and tout, there's a beautiful chintz they do that has deep blue, like color of the year Pantone blue, mm-hmm. periwinkle, lavender, a little bit of terracotta, and white and black, which is now like my favorite chintz right now that I would use everywhere. But it's just, it's happy, but it's not, you know, baby boy blue. Mm-hmm. It's not sky blue. A it's more not, sophisticated. And I just haven't seen it that much. We did a bedroom for not a young, a, a young woman, like college age woman, and it's happy enough. It's not right. cutesy, right? 
but it just it feels fresh. Happy. Exactly. Sophisticated. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Yeah, I like those colors too, as Nick described, like colors that walk that fine line. Right. Because you could really go one way or the other really quick. I like nondescript colors. So is it blue? Is it green? Is it gray? You know, kind of having that kind of complex color is kind of nice. I kind of like that. I predicted this year was going to be a green and speak mm-hmm. to like, you know, climate change and this type of thing. That's where I saw Pantone. I think they kind of did that with, you know, the old reliable and the living coral before. But um, yeah, I like things that are kind of, you know, interesting in a very subtle but sophisticated way. And that's how I'm, and then with some brights and things mixed in, that's how I'm, I'm doing things now. A lot of color on the ceiling and mm-hmm. things, adding texture using, you know, beyond paint, using wall coverings mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, right. so. Right. Well, I can't thank you guys enough, my distinguished guests. And thank you, Nicole, Michael. Nicole Fuller, Martin thank Kesselman, you, and Nick Olson. Thank you so much for this very fascinating and thank you. informative discussion of color. All right. And whatever you do, make sure the color you pick is one you love and it's your color of the year. Thanks for listening to the Cherish Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. And look for new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.